Welcome to the Kevin and Philip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Philip. We want to thank our sponsor for this podcast, our friends over at Cruise Planners and Wonder More Travel. If you or your family are looking to get out of the house and start traveling again, but don't have a destination in mind or need some advice on what is open and what protocols are in place to visit certain places, give Charity and Janelle a call. They'll be happy to help you out and plan your next vacation with you. You can reach them at 785-995-3059 or visit www.wondermoretravel.com for more information. As always, you can also go on our Facebook page and find a link to their Facebook page and and uh, get their information from there. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 12 of the Kevin and Philip Project. You know, last time I said that, Phil, um, you corrected me the first time when I said Philip and Kevin Project. Right. And then I noticed as I was editing it, I said it two other times during the last podcast, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do better on this that one. That was an early morning podcast, wasn't it? That was so, an early morning podcast. So I think what happened was you just hadn't got your senses to you yet. I just hadn't had anything to drink yet, maybe. It is the Kevin and Philip Project. So, what are you drinking tonight? Well, I started with a $2 special at Pepsi. I mean, at uh, Sonic with a Pepsi. And I've moved on to a Michelob Ultra. Ultra. I'm having a, a nice glass of Hushkeeper Red Blend. This is from Scout and Cellar, our friend Stephanie, that was on our podcast a few weeks ago. This is one of their... Wines, pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. So, Wonder where it was made. Does it tell you on there? California somewhere. California. Yeah, it tells me. I don't remember. I didn't look into it that much. That was the bottle that Kelly opened, so I figured I'd help her, help her make it disappear. So, well, anything exciting happened over the past couple of weeks since we were together last? You know, uh, we we were last together when we talked with the girls from Wonder More. Yep, the cruise planners, and uh, since then, the only thing exciting I've seen happen in town in Salina is the. Uh, Salina Central Girls did make the state tournament, won the first round. We'll be moving on to Emporia on Thursday to play against the number one team in the state, yep. who's already beat them twice. But beat them by eight once, beat them by ten once. But me and Lisa went out Monday and watched them play. Played great. Um, be my last game of the year. I'll get to watch them play. So it's kind of exciting that they played so well the last night. So for me, this will probably some of you might not listen to it till the game's over tomorrow, but because uh, this is Wednesday evening. But uh, good luck to the Mustang girls. Yep. And I then the boys, the boys got unfortunate and had to go to Hayes and play the boys from Salina South, and had to go out to Hayes and play uh, uh, one of the best teams in the state, yep. I guess. Yep. And uh, just got their hands full. So, are there any them. seniors on that Central Girls team? One girl that's a senior okay. that's a, a non-starter. Okay. Um, so they'll so be back. Be they'll be fully next loaded next year. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, yeah. Speaking of that, that podcast we did two weeks ago. I mean, I, I consider myself somewhat of a seasoned traveler, um, but uh, I mean, I really learned a lot from those girls. I I, did I, too. I thought that it would be more, you know, just questions and kind of trying to help everybody else out. But I was really surprised at how much I was able to pick up uh from from that conversation we have with them so we'll get them back on here a little bit things are going to be changing 
uh, from a requirement standpoint, obviously immunization, passport type stuff you're hearing rumors about. So we'll get them back on at some point to, to update us on, on some of those changes. And What and did what you like the most doing. that they said? I've got a little thing that they, I, they told me that I went home and told Lisa, when you go through a travel agent. Putting together a big group that yeah. doesn't know each other, yeah. but you all get the group discounts, the yep. drink deals, the dinner deals, and all that kind of stuff. That's a big advantage of using someone like them oh, yeah. over when you're booking yourself. So I never even thought of that before. Yep. No, I haven't either. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know, just all over. I, my big thing is was travel insurance, and obviously COVID changes my opinion of that a little bit, if that's covered under those, those, those insurance costs, but... Man, it's just like any other insurance. You hate to pay it until you actually have a situation where right. you use it. But I'm I'm probably more inclined to do that after talking to those girls yep. than I have been in the past, at least for the bigger, you know, family vacations and and stuff like that. So. Well, we've been fortunate that the the industry, the travel industry, has been giving money back to you whenever you're having to cancel due to things. But yep. that's not going to last forever. No. They're doing it right now out of right. sympathy and uh, wanting people to return. Yep. Yep. So, well, a couple of things that came up um, over the past, it's probably been a month now since, because last time I had some of this stuff, but uh, since we had the girls on and we just talked travel the whole time, we didn't go through some of our normal stories and stuff. And uh, there's been a couple of things that have happened over the past month or so here in Salina that to me is like Salina to a T. Like sometimes I think things are just so backwards and, and, Seems like we have no idea what we're doing sometimes. Um, and I'll give you one example that uh, recently happened. You know, the field house has been closed over this COVID stuff. Yes. And while the YMCA is open. Well, yep. The YMCA was open and having youth sports. Um, yep. But, uh, you know, a lot of these basketball and volleyball teams that are going on right now, we're, we're traveling to Hayes, Wichita, Hutchinson. Uh, I think I heard somebody say Newton, Pratt, maybe even in there. But, uh, just revenue that Salina is just throwing away with that field house sitting there, not you know, not doing anything with it. And uh, you know, I had, I had had some sources that there were some internal struggles. Some of the commissioners wanted to open it, some of them did not. They didn't have the votes to do it. So then finally, I mean, it's I think it's been a month ago now, maybe three weeks ago. They had a commission meeting and decided it was time to open up the field house, just in time for the weather to get nice and basketball and volleyball seasons to end. And now they're not going to be using it anymore. So. That's just We're a little that's late. Salina. A little late that's Salina that for call. you. The other one that I thought was pretty funny was the school district. Um, you know, we had that cold snap and we had some some snow before then, and and we were supposed to have a huge snowstorm that didn't end up materializing into much at all. But uh, the uh, USD three hundred five sent out a notice on February nineteenth that uh, they have additional cancellations this year due to weather that they're going to have students doing remote learning for those days. <laughs> Which is what we've been doing half the year yeah. anyway. So if you have if you have a snow day and kids cannot go to school, why can't you pivot to remote learning? Other school districts are doing it just fine. Yep. So after they get everybody riled up by sending this text out stating that and everybody's scratching their head, then a few days later, they announce that they're just going to have everybody start going on site starting April 1st, which just in time for the school year to end. Have you talked to your daughter about the idea of going full time? A little bit. I, I just, uh, you know, I polled the kids and asked them, what do you think about it? Um, you know, they're only taking four classes on their half day. So now they're, they're going to still do four classes, but each class will be much, you know, like an 80 or 90 minute class. Right. 
four times. So Gentry said, whatever we're doing in those classes, we should get way ahead. And that's uh, Gentry and Harper <laughs> and Hal. Right. We should get. We should be. We should be really versed at those four classes, and I'm not exactly sure which four classes that each yep. one of my kids are taking. But, but, but the truth is, she said she's pretty excited to get back to see some of her friends that go to the morning because she does afternoon school. Yeah. Um, going to be pretty exciting to get back into school with some kids that they haven't seen all year, other than maybe you know they can't go to basketball and they can't go to right. they couldn't go to football. So other than them running around on the weekends, they never see them. So I think she's going to be a little excited, and and uh, Harper will be a little excited. Hal could care less about uh, getting back in school full time. So, yep. just just for the friends' sake. Of we, it. Yeah, and that's what we talked. I talked a little bit to Morgan about that, and and she was in the same boat as far as the friends thing. She was pretty excited that uh, some of uh, her friends that would have been in her PE class had they been going all day, and they yep. weren't because it, some of them were afternoon. She's morning, but being able to be in some of those classes with some of those kids again that that she hasn't been able to see. Yep. All year at school, so she's pretty excited about that. I don't. I don't think she really. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to. I don't want to go so far as to say it's a wasted year, but. Um, Was well, it April one that that's when that starts back up after yes. spring training? I mean, after, after spring, spring break, break, and then another week. We'll get into spring training here a little yes. bit, so. and then and then another week after <laughs> yeah, that. Correct. So literally, it's, it's, it's only about quarter. six weeks of school. It's the six fourth quarter. That's the first yeah. day of the last quarter of school. So. Okay. And, you know, what's interesting to me is we're starting up, you know, basketball is finishing, but we're starting up a lot of your outdoor sports, your track and field, softball, baseball, you know, there's tennis in there, track, I said track and field. So I don't know, I haven't heard anything about what the attendance policy is going to be for those. You would think they're outside, you wouldn't. You wouldn't think there would be much of an attendance uh, policy right. due to the two two things that goes on. High school baseball has tended to turn into uh, parents only anyway, very few people around the community go uh and i would feel the same way about track and tennis and probably yep. girls softball um so well, i can't imagine i'm like really me, limiting I, I don't i have i mean we have friends that who play softball at south i i missed going to those games yep. last year we don't go to every game but we we go to maybe half of their home games when it works in our schedule and and i missed going to those last year i'd like to go see those girls play well, this year so we talked about this just the other night that in the in the past, and I've and I've always only gone to Salina Central since that's where my kids go. But graduates, older graduates, longtime Salina people that might have graduated even in their seventies, late sixties, are yeah. big fans at those yeah. games. Yeah. Those are the people who didn't get to see a game this year, missed a whole year of, yep. of uh, sports. So, yep, um, they did actually have at the state tournament in the last home game. Uh, let us. A student section in, let the band play the last couple of games, um, and there were visitors in both of those games. There were, at one point this year, we had no visitors coming to the right. Games. So uh, it, it did expand quite a bit. Yep. Yep. So, well, going on to the story of the week, uh, do you have one this week? I know I do. Um, we didn't. We didn't really talk about that too much before we jumped on here, but no, I, I'll probably just, I'm going to follow up. I kind of have an idea of what yours is going to be. And I want to do a little follow up with it. Um, all right. I think we're going to talk just a little bit of this political correctness or cancel yeah, culture. Let's, let's do it. Right, so go. So yeah, Your so story my of story week. of the week is you've all heard this, you know, it has to do with the Dr. Seuss books and, um, the family of Dr. Seuss deciding that six of those books were racist, and so they were going to stop publishing those and, and uh, try to get rid of those books. Philip, what kind of world do we live in 
<laughs> when Cardi B's WAP is up for Song of the Year. And if you don't know what I mean by WAP, I'm trying to keep this somewhat clean. So go look it up if you don't know what yep. I'm talking about. Oh, it's and so nasty. Listen, look it's at so the lyrics. Nasty. And you let your kids sit and listen to it all. I mean, people do. First time I heard it, I about passed out. But there's so many nasty songs that are on the oh, radio yeah. that the kids yeah. listen to. This that, is up for Song of the Year, yeah. but yet yep. Dr. Seuss books by Dr. Seuss. Yeah, are getting pulled off the shelf. So, yeah, so go look at that song if you know what I'm talking about. But here's the thing. eBay also announced that they're going to stop selling these Dr. Seuss books. You can still go to eBay. I checked it today and buy Mein Kampf, Hitler's book. <laughs> but Dr. Seuss is uh, is offensive to people. I got an idea. There's, you know what? There was. I did. This is not really a story of the week, but I saw one today. Um, you you turn off Dr. Seuss or turn off Pepe Le Pew because he's offensive to to everyone. But go to your room and play Grand Theft Auto, where you have to yeah. set a hooker on fire so that you don't yeah. have to pay her. Yeah, or That's shoot her. That's what you do. You can shoot you her. You can shoot her. You can set yeah. her on fire. Yep. And these are hookers that your kids are sitting at home playing. If you've yeah. never done Grand yeah. Theft Auto, it's completely. Yeah. That's fine. Pepe Le Pew is not. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, I I, I think that the left needs to uh, be more concerned. I should say, they're more concerned right now about Dr. Seuss replacing Mr. Potato Head with a gender-neutral potato than demanding that their beloved Joe Biden fulfill his campaign promises right now. Yep. I mean, that, that's what, really what... We, what we can probably get into the $1.9 trillion uh, that we're fixing to bury on our kids when there's still a trillion left over from the last relief package that yeah. hasn't even been spent yet. The, the $1.9 trillion is just unfathomable. When you go back to think of relief packages that we had 15 years ago and yep. 20 years ago, it's just it's play money anymore to them. It is. So, And I don't know where it's come from. But speaking of Dr. Seuss real quick before we get into the, some of the politics stuff, a little known fact that I've seen a couple of times now in my life, but did you know that Salina, Kansas appears in a Dr. Seuss book? No. What, which one? So it's in the book called I Can Read With My Eyes Shut. Huh. There's a sign that says Salina, Kansas, birthplace of Curtis A. Abel, 2,376 miles. And so I was doing a little digging on this because I've seen this a couple times. Basically, the guy who's Dr. Seuss, I can't remember his real name, he was a roommate at Dartmouth with a man named Curtis Abel whose parents were from Salina, Kansas. So Dr. Seuss, I guess, was pretty close to the to that kid and those parents, and so that was kind of his way of memorializing their friendship by putting that sign in one of his books. So a little-known nice. fact there, Salina, Well, Kansas. I there's a little known, another little-known fact. There... There's a fact when we started this podcast that I would have never thought we would talk about Dr. Seuss. So <laughs> I would agree uh, with that. Thanks you know, to the government for that. Yeah, one. You, you know, I, w I was looking through this, and we'll get into a little bit of this. Watch, I tell you what they call it right now. Their catchword is cancel culture. That's yep. what they like saying. Uh, in the '90s, it was politically correctness. Yep. Everybody's got to be politically correct. I, I do believe the idea that there is a cancel culture and it's a real thing mm -hmm. because, uh, and I'm going to tell you what I thought that could offend people. It goes both sides of the party yeah. in a lot of ways. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. That, you know, we, Ellen DeGeneres, you know, has gotten in trouble and was, no longer has her show, I guess, because of her work, things that went on her workplace. She's as big a left as there is, but, but her show disappeared. Uh, Kirstie Alley's a Trump fan. Hers is, basically thrown out because and i mean she kind of got canceled and got blasted on social media and all that because of it 
Chris Pratt has always struggled with. He's a kind of a conservative in Hollywood that they don't like conservatives in Hollywood. Nope. Tim, Tim Allen's another one that's yep, kind yep, of been they, that And way. they'll struggle. Yep. But on the other side, on our side, most of those people have, will make rebounds, do great, still do great. There is a guy out there that the right canceled, and he hasn't done so well since probably, Colin Ka- mm-hmm. Kaepernick. So, yep. so you look at him and you'll say, well, that's the that's the only one I can think of that makes it makes you feel like well it does go both ways don't yep. you step on our flag and right. we'll cancel you and the other side is another way there's a the thing with Dr. Seuss I saw this week that the Cat in the Hat book bestseller list hasn't been on the bestseller list in years <laughs> the kid that made the racial slur Morgan Waller the yep, country Morgan singer Wallen, that yep. got caught yep. saying something become I mean it, nothing got canceled by him he actually grew. Yeah, so, there was there was he had some issues. There were some things that there were some radio stations and some stuff that were going to pull his songs. Right. But he his song was, his album started to be number one downloaded album and yep. everything. So yeah. So here's here's another one for you. So we're talking about this cancel culture and all this stuff. So Chicago, I was reading an article the other day. Chicago <laughs> is trying to take down Abraham Lincoln statues that are in town now. <laughs> I mean, it, when you're talking about racism, Why? if there's anybody that did more <laughs> for that race. Yeah. Then Abraham Lincoln, I would like to probably hear about that, but they're taking those down, and I'm sitting there thinking maybe they should a, a, a Democratic ran city, yeah, doing this. Maybe they should worry more about their drug drug problems and murder rates than and their gun than, problem. They've than, got a uh, major gun problem, major than Abraham Lincoln problem. statues. So, uh-huh. well, here's since we're talking about politics, here's a funny thing. Um, so. For those of you that don't know, we can run ads on Facebook to where we can place our, our podcasts and our posts on different people's pages based on a, a list of criteria we set to try to market, try to get them to listen to our podcast. So the last one, when I put what our what our topics were, I put AOC lies on there. Facebook would not let me post that. Really? Yep. Because it was political. So once I went back and I took just those two words out, you're it was just, just fine. fine. Yep. So. There's a weird thing about posting jobs, and of course, you know, I'm posting jobs on Facebook all the time for our work. If you use the word "you," they will say that it's discriminatory and will not post it. They'll say it does not meet Facebook standards. The word "you." Now, how does that? Yeah. I don't even get yeah. that. Yep. And we've had several ads because I'll just write a quick ad and I'll put if you are looking for your next great job, if you this, if you. Won't do it. Take the word you out. It'll post right up. Hmm. That's weird. Well, here's another. I'm going to play a 45-second clip on here from uh, Joe Biden. I want you to listen to this, um, and then we can talk about this. But uh, this was a press conference from, I think, about the end of January. Like I said, it's, I've been holding on to this for a little while. But uh, I'll play this, and then we can talk about this. This is Joe Biden's math when he's talking about COVID. Not in hand yet, but ordered. We expect these additional 200 million doses to be delivered this summer. And some of it will come as early, begin to come in early summer, but by the, mid, by the mid-summer that this vaccine will be there. And the order, and, and, and that increases the total vaccine order in the United States by 50%, from 400 million order to 600 million. This is enough vaccine to fully vaccinate 300 Americans by end of the summer, the beginning of the fall. But we want to make, look, that's, I want to repeat, it'll be enough to fully vaccinate 300 Americans. 
600 million vaccines is enough to fully vaccinate 300 Americans. That's 2 million vaccines per American that we're vaccinating. That's a lot of shots <laughs> to take. I, I, I play that to say this. There's a reason Joe Biden hasn't had a press conference at this point. And, they, and he only reads what's on a teleprompter and leaves. And, you know, and he's, being, he's being coached that way. Go back and listen to that clip I just played again. That guy has absolutely lost it. Yep. And, and I don't want to, if, if he's got a medical issue, dementia, I don't want to make fun of the guy for that. But at this point, when you listen to him talk, and, and that's just one clip, that is a 100% legitimate clip right off of TV that, that he said. And many times he sounds just like Just that. like that. Yeah, just that's like just that. one, yeah, that's just, just one instance. And like you said, he could truly have a medical issue, and it's a, it's a shame that, that the Democratic Party would push that. I mean, they had to have known that. Oh, yeah. That's why he didn't yeah. do... Any anything out whenever they were running for president? Yeah, he oh. never went before the press and answered and questions. I wouldn't they, be they surprised if he doesn't have a press conference anytime soon. Yeah, where he has to go up there and I don't and, think and there are one. obviously he's practiced and there are canned responses that sort of thing. But he likes to go off the cuff when he talks, and that's what you just heard is what happens when he does that. Yeah. They eliminate that. They do not want him doing that. Is whoever his handlers are. So the other thing he mentioned, uh, this is like Feb- mid-February, 15th, 16th, something like that, that he uh, was in a town hall meeting. And, uh, of course, this is another one of those canned town hall meetings where they were prepared with the questions. But I don't know if you remember this because it has been about a month. But he mentioned there that basically he said, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm not because this is what he said, that Hispanics and black people don't know how to get online. Could you imagine the shitstorm that yep. would happen if Donald Trump would have said that? Yep. But nobody heard about that. It just kind of got swept under the rug by the media. So, yeah. I don't. When I I can't say we can't get too political because if you're listening to us, you know what we think. Yeah. And it's uh, it's sad. Well. The $1.9 trillion, if anyone in America thinks a $1.9 trillion deal when they haven't even spent a trillion dollars yet of the last relief package, and you're just going to push through, and like 10% of it even is COVID-related, and they tried to add additional things like the $15 minimum wage, they just and then the, the bailing out of all these Democratic cities who just basically burnt themselves down after yeah. the last couple of years, the uh, transit, I mean, You'll have to do the list again, like you did last time, on the yep. things that the money is going to, and it's a, it's called a COVID relief package with very little of it going to COVID. Well, this one's actually a little bit. This one they just passed actually has more money going for COVID relief than the previous one. They d- it doesn't have all the stuff for other countries and all that. Mm-hmm. It truly is a COVID relief plan. Well, it's a lot of pork in it too. It, but here, here's my people. here's my thing with that. Where does it stop? I know. So, Are we going to do another trillion next exactly. year? So we're just printing money no. that we don't have. We're borrowing money that we don't have to go take this and put it in the people's pockets, and they go out and spend it, which is what they want them to do. But at the end of the day, we have to get people back working and, and living on their own, right. not living on the government. Because when, where do these payments stop? Where They'll do lose the food if subsidies and everything stop if you just continue to just give it to them? If you continue to give it to them and allow them to be rewarded for not putting in their effort, doing their part, they're never going to change. Nope. And so at some point, you're either going to continue giving it to them or you're going to cut them off. Let's just, let's, 
I'm, I'm not saying I have the answer. Sooner than later, because our economy could be booming if they would let people quit helping people out and right. making them get to work. Yep. I'm a, I am a perfect example of seeing it daily. People do not want to work, and we have oh, yeah. good jobs that minimum wage of fifteen dollars. Most of ours are going to pay at least that fifteen dollars an hour, and we cannot get people to even show up to apply. Well, let's talk about so, that for a second. Minimum wage being raised because that's obviously one of the big topics here recently. What's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I oh nine is the last time the minimum wage changed, and so there's about twenty some odd states, twenty one, twenty two states that follow the federal guidelines on theirs. But there's a lot of states that have trickled up a little bit as counting for inflation and things like mm-hmm. that. I'm not opposed to that. Right. A little bit of a trickle up, but I'm talking about a like some places have 10 cents increase in every other year, 20 cent increase. I could see the minimum wage right now being 850 ish. I don't pay anyone 725. I haven't paid right. anybody 725 right. in years. Um, it's not a livable wage. That's true. Yeah. No, I agree. I hundred percent agree uh, with that. The, but it, but to up a hundred percent all at one time right. would devastate small business. Yep. Now, most of the time, a twenty-five or under business is going to be exempt from some of those type of rules. But still, if you have twenty-five employees and they're making twelve, you're going to fifteen for everybody. There's going to be layoffs. Well, there's no question. There's so going to be layoffs. There absolutely is. So here's your here's your situation. Let's look at Walmart for example, because they were one, a company that announced that they were going to institute an hour. Their average hourly wage throughout their company is going to be fifteen dollars. But an their hour. minimum is eleven. Correct. Yeah. So I don't know how they factor that, but their average wages throughout the company are going to be fifteen dollars an hour. I hope it works out for them. Here's the thing. This is what's happened every time companies have done this in in retail and that sort of thing, like Walmart. Number one, your hours are going to get cut. Well, you're going to lay off people for yep. sure, but more than more than layoffs, you're going to cut hours. So now you're going to cut people back. If they were full-time, they're not going to be full-time anymore. Now you don't have to pay the benefits and all that kind of stuff. And what's the other thing they do? They're going to raise the prices to cover that expense. Yep. Congratulations, you're making more, but your cost of living is going to be higher now too. Whether they offset each other, I'll let the economists figure all that kind of stuff most out. But it's going to happen. Most economists will admit, and if you you can read any side of the, you know, read CNN or read MSNBC or read reg, just whatever you can find on it. Most economists will say we understand it's going to cost jobs. There's going to be a lot yep. of people get laid yep. off, but particularly if you go straight to fifteen, because you can't just overnight double it. The government's messed up since '09 to not have given incremental increases. Since '09, that's uh, 12, 13 years that we've not even given a pennies raise. There's something wrong with yep. that. Yep, uh, I agree, hundred uh, percent agree. So I went, we but, went, to- but still, yeah. Hal started, you know, working as a fast food person. Yep. My son Hal, as a fast food kid, as a when he's sixteen years old, he started at about seven fifty. So he didn't get exactly minimum wage, just a little bit above minimum wage. That's all he really was doing the work for. Yep. He was holding a sign for a long time right. outside. Then he was doing other things. He's worked hard enough that he's got himself raises, but I don't really truly believe 725 is a, a factor. There's not a factory worker I agree. that makes 725. Yep. I don't have one that even comes close to 725. Yep. I'm uh, just I'm just saying, to your point, you can slowly adjust that. And, yeah. and this is not a, a mandate. I mean, you know... Just because minimum wage is seven twenty five, you could pay your workers nine dollars an hour. That's your choice. Yep. If you have the the sales to do that and you can afford to do that and your conscience tells you to do that, 
You don't have to do that. But I'll use this example, Paris, when we were there a couple years ago. So they had just raised their minimum wages right before we had got there, six months or something like that. I went to a McDonald's in Paris and never once interfaced with a person. I walked up to a computer. I ordered. My food showed up there. I never once talked to an employee of McDonald's while I was there. You think that's not going to happen if we continue, if we start doing 15, if you say, and and it's all regional, right? I mean, our minimum wage in Salina, Kansas should be way different than what it is in San Francisco, California, because our costs of living are different. You make a, you have an employee at McDonald's in Salina, Kansas paid $15 an hour. You will not be interfacing with people at McDonald's in Salina, Kansas. Nope. And we almost don't already. It's almost a whole drive through business. I have a concern that it may never go back to inside business. Yeah, it's possible. I, I, I think they've done yep. so well in drive-thru. I went to Chick-fil-A last uh, Monday night before I went down and watched the Those Central people Girls should play. run the country. They're efficient. Well, listen, <laughs> listen to the way the cars were backed up. And I'm still a Popeye's chicken guy, by the way, guys. But but the you know how their driveway heads out into the mall's driveway? Yep. The cars were backed up on – this is – the girls played at 6 on Monday night. So it was, maybe they played at 7. I was down there about 6 o'clock. Drove by. I went and ate at that uh, Japanese place. Daimaru? No, the the little one over oh, there. Oh, the Momoya. Park. Momoya. Yeah. It's really good. But anyway, it's uh, anyway. I uh, we drove by the Chick Fil A, and the cars were all the way around, mm-hmm. all the way out into the park. And I said, "My God, they're gonna. They don't ever have to open their lobby back up. No. They're doing great, yep. probably. Yep. With with their drive through, and they've got so efficient in their drive through. Now." Like you were saying about other pl- countries that I mean, other places in the country that pay more. Washington D.C. itself already a fifteen dollar minimum wage. Yep. I mean, they've already set that. Uh, California is already very close to it, and they they go by municipality. I think in San Francisco they'll pay a little bit more than they'll pay in L.A., but then they also have a state mandate. There's only twenty one states that still just follow the federal guidelines, and they are for the most part, Republican. southern, poor no. states. If you look at the chart, I mean, if you go out there and look at the chart, there are a lot of them up uh, still at that wage up in uh, uh, beat country, like North Dakota, yep. South Dakota. Um, but I know this personally. The beat farmers do not make seven twenty-five an hour because ha- Express hires all the beat people. It's one of their biggest, bigger clients. But but you look around the country, and the ones that I'm showing him a chart, but you can see, it's it's mainly in the south and and the middle of America yep. that still follow the seven twenty five. Your coasts where the prices of things are higher has already changed. Yep. Yep. And and if they if the state themselves makes their own decisions, then the federal government needs to stay out of the way of it. Right. Don't try to change that. They know what's good yep. for their state. Well, w- one more thing, and then we're going to get off the politics. Um, here's your weekly dose of irony. So for four, five, six years, however long you want to go back, when Trump decided he was going to start uh, running for president, Democrats kept saying, walls don't work. Walls don't work. They don't keep people out. Yep. So what are they constructing around the Capitol building right now? Wire fence building. I mean, it's big. Yep. Wire fence at the top. If they don't work, what are we spending all the money for? Like the inside of a prison. I thought that was funny that for five years they've been saying these things don't work, and now they're building one around there around the Capitol building to protect themselves. I don't know why we're going to the expenses. They don't work. So Let's go on to the little sports. All right, let's Get go on to some sports. And I'll tell you what, we're sitting here watching right now. K-State's playing TCU in the first round of the Big 12 tournament, and I'm going to tell you why that's a little bit exciting for K-State. I, uh, I want to read a quote from K-State. I have money on this game. In the paper. 
Say what you want about Kansas State's 2020 regular season. If nothing else, they have been resilient. But here's what the guy says. And this is from sophomore guard Dewan Gordon. Dejuan. Dejuan Gordon. Come on. I think we can win the whole thing. Well, and nobody I, you, else does. You talk about some confidence. That boy's got confidence. I saw a deal today that had these, I don't know how they get the numbers, but it had the percentages of teams winning each round. Yep. And it had K-State at 0.0% chance of winning the championship in this conference tournament. So. Uh, I tell you, I've, I've, this has been a, an exciting basketball season for me and a frustrating until, basketball season. Yeah, I was going to say exciting until about two weeks ago. Well, they've, even, uh, even later than that, I, I, I actually went back and pulled stats from – we're not quite a month out from Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day – in the Big 12, of course, Baylor's undefeated. Baylor was n- number one in the Big They're 12. They're not undefeated. Uh, they were at the time, yeah. 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 It, well, the, the uh, Kansas beat them at the end, but they still end up winning the conference. Yes. But they were undefeated at that time. It was number one, still number one. This is February 14th standings. I'll just go through the top um, six. I'm just going to do the top six. And I'll do seven. Okay, so it went like this on February 14th. Baylor. West Virginia second, OU third, Texas fourth, Kansas fifth, Texas Tech sixth, Oklahoma State seventh. Do you know how much that's changed since February 14th? Um, I would say that probably Baylor's out, still outside top. of Baylor and, and uh, well, OU's dropped way down. Since that day, OU has made the biggest, biggest right. change of all. They've dropped four spots since that day. Uh, Kansas actually has climbed second. Kansas climbed three spots. Now they're in second place in the league. Um, West Virginia dropped a little bit. At the bottom was, of course, TCU, K-State, and Iowa State, and they right. remained the same, TCU. But Oklahoma State yeah. really had a big rise. They went up uh, went up a couple places. Yeah, they won some pretty big games. Beat yep. OU twice. Yep. Um, I think they beat, they beat Tech or somebody. West but Virginia the other day. But that's what I'm telling day. you. Going into, going into the week of February 14, we come out of Christmas, and we did great in January, beat a ranked Alabama team. This is I'm talking about Oklahoma. Since that date, we've been terrible. Yep. Can't shoot, can't score, can't do anything. Um, you can thank, even let you can thank Bruce Weber and K-State for <laughs> yeah. that. They've been on a downhill slide no, since that game. thank your other head coach, Lon Kruger. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I'm, I'm going to say this. I've been harping on K-State all year, and I'm going to say this. This is the last time you're going to have to hear me say this this year because after this weekend – Assuming we don't win the tournament, which I think is a pretty safe assumption that our season will be over. So before this little three wins out of the last four game streak that started with OU, K-State had lost 28 of their last 32 conference games. (laughs) One tweet I saw, which was hilarious, said, Weber has done a great job of recruiting shooters. Now he needs to recruit makers because we like to shoot the ball. Isn't that the truth? You know what what the leading – Leading scorer on K State's team was this year, the, the how many points they averaged the game. Uh, I'm sure it's probably single there's, digits. There's two guys, two guys averaged 12 points each. That's the leading scorers on the team. McGurl, McGurl, and, and uh, uh, Nigel Pack, maybe Pack. Yep. Yeah, McGurl yep. and Pack each averaged 12 so, a game, yep. which is very low. And Pack's going to be an all conference player yeah. by the time he's done. But, did you uh, see the all conference team came out? Yeah, I did. You like it? Yeah. I, I liked, know. Uh, you know, I we we I wish I would have went back and listened at the beginning of the year. We had said a couple of things. We figured the newcomer of the year would be Cunningham at Oklahoma yep. State. He he, yes, we were smart we were there. correct on we that one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 
So I was a little upset that Pac didn't make the all-freshman team compared to some of the other guys that were on there. Um, but I, I didn't really pay attention to it too much, to be honest with you. Well, the first team went Jared Butler, also uh, player of the year, right? Yep. Jared Butler. I think we picked that early because well, he had he, – He was definitely on yeah. the first team, yeah. Um, then uh, then we went uh, Cade Cunningham, freshman. Yep. Um, led, the, led the Big 12 this year in scoring. 19.7. Uh, Derek Culver from West Virginia. Yep. The McClung from Texas Tech. And then Austin Reeves is his first team. Austin Reeves was second in the league in scoring. Um, there wasn't uh, – That's a, it's a rare year there's not a Kansas kid on the first team in the Big yep. 12. Yep. Um, so, I, I would say it's been probably a long time. At one time I was hearing Lon Kruger, coach of the year. Of course, yeah. Coach Drew, uh, Scott Drew at Baylor, deserves it. But if, if Kruger could have kept winning with the, what he started with and yep. come in second or something, he yep. could have had a run for that. Well, I'm going to go back to well, – I made the comment about we like to shoot but not make. I'm going to go back to the KU game. And this, this stat is absolutely astounding to me. So, this again, this was back around Valentine's Day, so it was a month ago. KU-K State game. The K-State starters went 8 for 38 from the field, <laughs> 0 for 16 from the three-point line, and scored 17 points total. Oh Here's the funny thing. K-State shot 10 more shots than KU did, out-rebounded KU by a pretty significant margin, and still lost by 18 points. That's how bad we are. We shoot, shoot, shoot. Not going in, who gives a crap? Keep shooting the ball. What so, else are you going to do? What's your answer to that? I, and, <laughs> you can't and, just run around. And and, the, wait, wait, there's no shot clock. If they could learn to dribble and pass it. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, is with Weber, I mean, he, he I'm ready for him to go. You, you've known that. If you listen to this podcast, you know that. He keeps talking about how this team is so young, and, and I'm not even going to get into the fact. He's the one that recruited these guys that left. Yeah. The team is young because he didn't recruit the right guys, and they left. Wichita State this year had six players quit or move on before the season started. Fired their coach in November, yep. right as the season was getting yep. ready to start. Won their conference with an interim coach this year. Yep. And it was pretty and decent lost, And lost Reeves, who's the first team all Big 12. They lost two or three really yep. good players. Yeah. Before everybody thinks I'm an idiot because I just got through saying there's no shot clock. What I meant to say was if there wasn't a shot clock, they yes. could just dribble around and – stall and everything else like they do in high school. I, let me tell you something here. I used to still do like basketball a lot, but I used to really love the offenses of the old Big 12. So I did something today for our podcast. I went and looked up scoring because I looked at the, you know, the average, the, the leading scorer in the conference ends up being Cunningham at 19.7. Um, most years, I, Buddy led the league a couple years ago and mm -hmm. scored like 26.7, mm -hmm. like seven or eight more points. But I went back as a team, 20 years, just to the 2001 year. This year in 2021, teams that scored 100 points, just 100 points in our entire league. Baylor did it three times. Okay. 112, 107, 105, and 100. They did it actually four times. OU scored 100 once this year. Texas Tech scored 101 once. That's it for the whole year. One, two, three, four, five, six, 600-point games. 20 years ago this year, KU had 10 <laughs> over 100-point games. 
OU had three. Texas had three. Missouri had three. Baylor had one. And then I stopped looking. I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma State, K-State, some of them. I don't know how good K-State was. No, we didn't one. have any then. But but the, the scoring – basketball hasn't changed. Yep. Why has scoring fell off the way it's fell off? I don't get it. I, honestly, I think – and this is just my opinion. I'm throwing this out there. I was not prepared for this conversation. I think AAU basketball has absolutely killed the college game. These kids are there. They don't learn how to run an offense. They don't learn how to play as a team. You go watch an uh, uh, AAU basketball game. Street ball the whole time. It is. One-on-one all the time. Just yeah. run isolation, and your couple best players are taking the ball up the court. I, I looked up that year. I looked up the uh, – oh, because I was just thinking I'm just going to go back 20 years, and plus I didn't want to get out of uh, it being Big 12. But if you go back just even a few more years prior to that, whenever uh, some of the coaches we've talked about on here that used to be in the big, big old Big 8, I think those some of those teams nearly averaged 100 points a game. Yep. Multiple teams. So – I just uh, you, I really liked basketball better then. I loved the run and gun, and the, of course yep. I'm a Billy Tubbs fan, and um, it just it's different, definitely different. At, at least neither of our teams went 0 for 18 in the conference like Iowa State did. Right. I mean, I guess you can. It could be worse, <laughs> but that is probably Iowa State season this year is probably the worst basketball season I can remember in, in the Big Twelve for sure. So I went back and looked. The year that TCU went 0 and 18 in the conference, they were 9 and 22 overall. Iowa State was 2 and 21 this year total. 2 and 21. And then I think when Tech went 1 and 17, one of those years with Gillespie, um, they were 8 and 23 overall. So to go 2 and 21 in one season, that's I mean, that's worse than the worst K State team. And, and I'll tell you what makes what makes me know Oklahoma is not as good as what their uh, that fool's gold was in in January and part of February is Iowa State gave them hell in both uh-huh. games they played them. Yep. yep. So you're talking about a 2-21 and 21 team that's got got uh, rode pretty hard. Yep. Or gave OU a pretty hard well, ride. The other thing is we're sitting here, I was just thinking about this, we're sitting here watching K-State play TCU in the Big 12 tournament, and you probably don't know this or remember this, but uh, so this was the last Big 12 college basketball game last year. Same round. In the same tournament, teams. same two teams. Before after canceled. they got done playing, the next day they got that next morning. It got, the season got canceled, and no damn. more college basketball for the year. So yep, didn't realize that. It's amazing how uh, how far we Deja have come vu. in a year. No, so. But you still look in the stands, and there's no one in the stands here at this at the Big Twelve. Uh, well, nobody wants to watch K State and TCU play. <laughs> right? Yeah, may not be anybody all. Not weekend. a not a not a real attraction there. I so. enjoyed the the crowd, the band, the everything that was there Monday night for the girls uh, high school girls game. Felt for like the first time this year, felt like, like a, basketball a basketball game. game. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, early in the year when we went out there and watched them play, it would just be the parents course a few parents will you know clap and stand up a little bit whatever just not that much but we are actually hollering at refs and everything it felt yeah. felt like it you're felt back normal. home yeah so <laughs> well we got one more topic we want to cover here um and that's uh you know i always take a chance to bag on ku every time i get one so <laughs> i can't i can't pass this up breaking oh, news here breaking so news. i actually was working on some stuff for this podcast and it's already out of date uh, there's yep. some big announcements here about an hour ago but uh, so have you been paying attention to this less miles thing at all phil you know the only thing i read was the due diligence in uh ku hiring him in the first place was not good 
But yeah. I don't know that that's not partly on LSU. LSU might have just said, hey, just keep your mouth shut. Don't even bring this stuff up. Because there were allegations of things yep. going on at LSU that even the athletic director at LSU said had recommended to be fired. Yeah. And the president yeah. said, no, he's winning games and he's, yeah. he's won a national championship, blah, blah, blah. So that's – that. I don't know how much blame you have, you can put on LSU, but there's got to be a little bit. Well, I, I would say if you watch that Miles to Go documentary they did on that first season with Les Miles at KU, um, and, and they tried to hide some of that, I think, but you can kind of read between the lines. When when Jeff Long got the job, his one and only goal was to get David Beatty out and get Les Miles as their coach. I mean, they have a relationship from Michigan, I think it was, back in the 80, late 80s, early 90s, something like that. But you could tell even, you know, when you – the way he was talking to him on the phone, that was his one and only thing. He was going to get Les Miles to KU. As soon as the rumors started about Beatty getting let go, it was Les Miles. So I doubt there was probably a lot of due diligence. Jeff Long did say – we asked him if there was anything in his past that w- could potentially come up that would be an embarrassment to the university, and Les Miles' answer was no. Well, what would your answer be? Well, yeah, absolutely. I, I, am I going to get $3 million next year? Not a damn thing going so, on in my past. So for those that, that, are, that are living under a rock or aren't from Kansas and haven't been following this, so basically back at LSU back in 2013, there was a, a, uh, an investigation that happened um, investigating Miles. He was accused of texting female students, taking them to his condo alone, only kissing. hiring, only hiring blonde-haired girls with big boobs. Yeah, kissing uh, at least one of the students, and he demanded, to your point, that student w- workers needed to be blondes with big breasts. And it's also said, uh, "I don't want any ugly ones in here." So after all of this, <laughs> after the investigation, pitiful. he was ordered to stop hiring coeds as babysitters. He, he was. Not allowed to be alone with any co-eds anymore while he was at LSU. And what's funny is he re- he said he did nothing wrong and that he was mentoring young women at this university. I thought that was a, a kind of a, a funny one. But, yeah, to your point, the AD suggested terminating him. Um, this was a- as, as soon as, like, 2009 or something like that. Now, he won the national championship in 07. Right. And I think maybe about nine he was but, – but then they, he ended up becoming the runner-up for national championship It was championship later in than 11. that. They had played in two national, national championships games. in five years yeah. when this report had he come He was out. making a lot of money for LSU. For the athletic director at that oh, point to say you should fire him, I got to think the evidence was pretty damning. I would and think so, Pretty too. obvious. So That guy's got to have a clear conscience. Some of these other guys – conscience can't be quite so clear yeah i i really i never thought les miles was a good hire to begin with i agree i thought uh i mean the first time i heard his first press conference i me and you might have even spoke about i think we did that just it was brutal he sounded horrible he just felt like he was lost and i've seen multiple media people say that les miles uh when he got in front of the media for his first Big 12 media days, was the single most uncomfortable they've ever been in their years on the job. Some of these guys have been doing it for 40 years. You, you know, Long, the athletic director, of course, he just, like you said, he was fired. He just got fired an hour ago. With an hour yep. ago. Okay, his, his, his relationship with Miles goes back all the way into the 80s mm-hmm. when they were both at Michigan. Yep. Um, so relationship... Now, this is two men that are probably not going to struggle to eat dinner for the next several years. And this is, I actually said this to Kevin before our podcast started. Is there a school 
that you can think of that has more buyouts and more payouts than KU. I mean, it seems like every few years, at one time they had three to four coaches on the payout row. I would think now Miles and KU part mutually, but their mutual agreement, I guarantee you, was has some money involved. Oh yeah, he's in getting it. paid a couple. He's getting paid two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars or something like that every month for the rest of this year. It's like two million. And then something. I'm sure Longley's and that's yeah. they Gregory haven't announced that yet. Next, but but I'm you sure know he's going to leave. Yep. So you're talking about a school that has paid out multi multi millions and, and, in basically settlement fees. I don't know all of how Long's contract was structured, but his big deal when he took the job. That investigation into KU basketball was just starting. So there was some clauses in there to protect him if they ended up getting found guilty and got put on probation and stuff like that. If I remember correctly, I think his contract was pretty one-sided, but I don't know if that was basketball only. So now that obviously football is, is Oh, his attorney's causing, smart enough so. to figure out. We, <laughs> we better throw in some of this Les Miles stuff, too. So, the, I mean, anyway. the question is, and it's not really a question now since they fired Long, because I was thinking about this again. This is kind of since he just got fired an hour ago. Some of this is, is not really important anymore. But, you know, the, the K Miles attorney was coming out, said KU knew all about it. Okay, you said they did their due diligence and nothing happened. So this is right at that point. This is posturing for buyouts and things like that. Right. But at the end of the day, here's a question that I think needs to be answered, especially if Jeff Long is looking for another job at some point. And that is, was this just a random occurrence and just happened? Was this incompetence or was it a cover up at KU? I mean, those are your three options right there. Well, let's talk about his other hires, though. We, you had said earlier, maybe uh, Belima's not as bad a hire as what? No, Petrino. Petrino. Yeah. Okay. Um, he, he's he, his hires have ended controversial. Yes. In football. Yes. Now his hires, I don't know about baseball, basketball. Uh, you know, he may have some other great hires out there, but his football hires have. All ended controversial. Well, his, I mean, his and football's the driver of money. KU basketball's fine. I mean, hit football. This football hire he was going hire to be Bill Self. Bill Self correct. runs his own. Program. This is all his job at KU is all about this football hire, and and so that's what I'm saying. I mean, and my, my point was going to be if if this was incompetence or this was a cover up, then Jeff Long's got to go too. Yep. And then the other question I had was going to be. Do you let if he's still there? Do you let Jeff Long make this next football? Next, no hire? way. There's no way. Well, that's but all gone. I, now. I read an article just uh, two or three days ago that said he has made his last decision. I'm telling you, when Mangino came to KU, KU is in a little better shape than it is now. But Mangino is a guy that can prove to you that KU can win football. I mean, it's not like it's an impossible chore. As, as a matter of fact, uh, Grandpa over at K State. He proved that you could take something from nothing and turn mm -hmm. it into something magic in, in a matter of time. So it's not like KU – and as a Big 12 fan, I don't want KU to be the laughing stock of the whole country from I now do. on. I know you do. <laughs> but I would like uh, – I'd like to see them get back to make a bowl game. It, it would That's definitely make the, the conference, conference better. Yeah. Absolutely would be. But I mean, uh, I don't think you're going to win the Big 12 anytime soon <laughs> or in the next yeah. decade or yep. two decades. But – but get into a bowl game. Yeah, I mean that be that competitive would your fans in some games. Be competitive. Yeah. Win a few games in the Big Twelve. It's it's literally been embarrassing. Yeah. Just well, this is so they'll be hiring their sixth coach in eleven years. That's your trouble, right yeah, there. Since Mangino was terminated, yep, so. that's your trouble. But uh, I, I thought it was funny too that they did. I don't know if it was it was a ten p.m. news dump on a Monday night when they announced him being terminated or, or parting ways. I thought. Uh, 
there is you have to give KU credit. There is no other program in college sports that's more well versed in the art of releasing bad news. <laughs> I mean, ten o'clock exactly on a Monday night. That yeah, that one made me laugh pretty good. So, um, but yep, you know what was funny in the big thing on Twitter that with the people I follow this week has been that uh, people are going back for tweets from a couple years ago when when KU fans were giving K-State shit for hiring an FBS coach and that they were hiring a national FBS national champion yeah, coach, yeah. and Wonder that's going to turn everything Wonder around. Like, so, like trade now. so, well, hey, maybe if they wait a year and just have an interim coach, Harbaugh will be available, and they can they can go make another run at Harbaugh again like like he was going to be the coach last time. So, I, I was They were looking at – I mean, I read this article I was reading was talking about their next, their next hire. Of course, you're jumping in late now. Right. Spring football is about to start. Or probably already has started for has, some. Yep. Um, so you're going to get a non-power five guy. Correct. Who would and like I think a that's pay what raise. you got to do at this point. Well, you'd like a pay raise. Um, or do you have an assistant coach that's that you like a lot? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if they do yeah, or I mean, not. Most of them are probably going to be Miles guys. They've, so. they've tried this retread stuff with Charlie Weiss, with Les Miles. It yep. gets exciting to start with, but yep. it hasn't worked. No, I would, so go, I would go young. You got to. I mean, you got to go look at F- FCS and that sort of thing. Maybe a very lower tier FBS coach. Yep, that Somebody has who is taking a jump by going to KU. Right. Not somebody who is co- coached a national champion years ago, but has dementia yeah. and and that sort of thing. So no, I I think that their best idea is go youth, way so, youth. So let me ask you this question: If Miles and and I know your answer, but if Miles was eighteen and three instead of three and eighteen at KU, would they fire him over this? There's no way. No way. No way. This is a great reason to get rid of a guy from something that was happening. Nine to KU years ago. just fired a football coach for something he did nine years ago at uh, a different school. Allegedly did. Now I'm sure that they're true, but there was nothing. Okay. There's nothing you're ever proved. Allegedly did at another school nine years ago. Yep. But yet you have a basketball coach that is staring at five <laughs> major NCAA violations, and he's still coaching. Uh, there are millions of dollars in debt. And of course, AD is incompetent, but now he's gone. So I was, you know, grab hey, some popcorn. Hey, this one's going to be fun. You talk about a great job, though. They're going to have to go out and find an AD, and there's there's going to be a lot of good. Got to do that first. There is yeah. not a coach, a good coach is going to take that job yeah. not knowing who the athletic director right. is. Right, the athletic director's got to come. They've got to have a short list right now going after well, some guys. So my guess is, it, and I it could be wrong, there may be somebody who this is just such a big jump and they're going to pay him so much money would take that risk. But if you're going to go find an athletic director first and then let that athletic director hire a football coach, yep, you you're going to have to go with an interim coach. I right. mean, you, for the next season, it's going to have to be an interim coach that's on yep. the staff or something like that, which they did before with uh, – Oh, I can see him. I can't think of his name. It's been interim coach like four times at KU, but he never Bowen. gets the job. Yeah, Clint Bowen. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, yeah, that's he, interesting. He, and, and you know what? I've always wondered, why didn't they just let Bowen have the job for a while? I mean, it's, it's you, it couldn't have been any worse. And he's a KU guy, and he loves KU. I don't know if the – and this is – me or you are neither one KU guys, but I can tell you this. It is a great job for an athletic director. Yep. I yep. mean, you, you everything – your basketball is basketball. Your basketball's going to be can't fine. do worse at football, can and you? You can't do worse <laughs> yeah. at football. All you can do is make your stock go shooting straight up if you make a decent hire. Yep. Win four games a year, and you're you're King Kong. Yep. So, 
And yep. you, then they're not short of money. I know that because how much they spend on people that don't even play. Hey, K State has a 29 23 lead at halftime. Right. I got K State plus five and a half. So, uh, good. You got it. Yeah. So far, Six so points. good. Well, you no, bet, I'm did not you bet yet. The half? No, no. Oh, you don't. You, Full game. Yeah. Hey, Tanner likes doing half, uh, half and the game. Yep. So, well, hey, one, one more thing. We got a few minutes here. Um, I'm going to throw this one at you here. So I don't know if you remember this again. This was probably about a month ago, but uh, they had the whole situation in the NBA with Mark Cuban and and the Dallas Mavericks axing the the national anthem before games yep. because Cuban said he didn't feel like the national anthem was represented. Their players did not feel like that national anthem was representative of the way they feel right now. What's your take on that? Well, did you, have you ever sang the national anthem? Yeah. Here's my take, and it's a whole lot of take that I have on a lot of people. My boy Hal just turned 18. Um, I don't have any fear whatsoever of someone calling and saying, you're going to Vietnam, you're going to uh, the beaches of Normandy as an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. And you think about this if you have an 18-year-old boy. Is that fear been taken away from us from those guys who went and did that for us and many of them never come home? And you, you read those things. We are the most spoilt. This age group is so spoilt. Papa. Hal's grandpa didn't have a choice. Yep. He turned 18 years old and they seemed straight to Vietnam, put a machine gun in his hand, said, kill, yep. kill people uh, or be killed. That's your, that's your two choices. It's a sickening thing to think that the kids sitting around with $150 shoes, thousand dollar telephones, uh, watching cable television all day and sit and tell everybody that they're oppressed. Yep. It's sickening. Yep. I, I can't stand it. It's one of the worst things that I've ever, I, our, we need a war. We need to send some of these suckers <laughs> to Vietnam. Far, I mean, I don't know what you do, but you can't sit around and tell me how oppressed you are when your own grandpa's was willing to die to give you these rights. It's stupid. Yep. That's what I think. Well, about. when I when I heard it, I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me? These guys are p- getting paid millions of dollars to yep. go play basketball. There's way more issues that they need to address uh, that we need to address than what they have." But my point is. You know what? If if you don't feel representative of the national anthem, then take your ass to Czechoslovakia or China. Go play basketball over there if that's the way you yep. want to feel. Get you so get, one, get I, over to China. I, I do want to say kudos to the NBA for stepping in and saying no. You <laughs> will be playing the national anthem. It will be played before every one of our basketball games. I'm a little bit shocked game. because if there's a I'm league that I cannot, shocked. if there's a league I cannot stand, it is NBA basketball. Yep. I will not watch a game. I do not watch a game. I feel like uh, they're. Uh, Anti everything, yep. anti America, anti and, and hey, there's some great talented guys there. But you talk about the biggest bunch of crybabies in the world. Yep, multi millionaire crybabies. Same thing as watching Oprah Winfrey set an interview the rules from Britain the other day. You're gonna sit there with a billionaire person that owns their own television station, sitting with two rules, born with a silver spoon in their mouth, <laughs> and sit and talk about oppression. Yeah. <laughs> is that the people you want to listen talk yeah. about oppression? No, I'm good. It's ridiculous. I don't even, yeah. So, well, hey, a couple <laughs> things before we sign off here. Um, we had a listener a couple weeks ago at, at the library tell us that every two weeks she goes to bed with us. Amen. We told her we and wouldn't it wasn't say her either name. one of our wives. Nope, nope. <laughs> so you guys take that for, for what it's worth, how you ever you want to interpret that statement. So we had I'd a good laugh out of that. You guys every, every, every two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. Right. So, so one other thing before we sign off here. 
so I, I was talking to a, a vendor of mine down. He's from down in Oklahoma today. Reconnected with him here recently after some time where we were competing against each other. And I was telling him about our podcast and, and we were talking about some stuff. So he wanted me to ask you, have you ever been noodling before? I have, um, but I don't love it. Okay. It's, it spooks me a little bit. Um, on the South Canadian River, which I grew up on the South Canadian River, you can go down and there's little ledges that'll hang over. And you can trap, you know, you use your feet to trap uh, catfish in a hole, and then you'll reach in and let them um, bite Bite your hand when you pull it out. Now, this is a little different than going in a river, I mean, in a lake, because in a lake, they'll get huge. So, in a river, you're usually, but my fear was always, uh, Billy Bob Badass Badger might be in that (laughs) hole, a snake might be in there, something besides a catfish, so, but... I'll have to. I, I would like to share, and I'll ask. I've got a friend named Ronnie O'Dell and a couple other guys from Asher that go do it quite a bit, uh, get into competitions, and they'll catch them big ones. But it'll tear their hands up oh, yeah. and tear their arms up. They got into it way more than I did. I did it quite a bit when I was probably eighteen to twenty-two. Went several times, but never crazy about it. Well, he. Uh, so the reason he asked me that, because I told him, he asked me where you're from, I told him Asher, and the two things he said was that was the first place he ever went noodling, it's and I needed good. to ask him if, That's why and I then mean. the second thing he said was, did he play baseball? Yep. Well, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the noodling is good. The water on the South Canadian River will get low during the summer, and so those catfish will go sit in those holes. And so, like I said, they're six-pounders, seven-pounders. There's guys that will go out and do – 70 and 80 pounders. Yep. No, thank Man, you. That's crazy. I'm like, it's That's crazy. Well, it's not for me. Well, we're going to end on that note. So uh, time to sign off. Hey, don't forget to uh, give the gals over at Wonder More Travel a call if you guys are looking to uh, book a summer vacation. Promise you they're going to take good care of you. So uh, give them a shout. Let them know what you're looking for. Tell them we sent you. And uh, other than that. Yes, oh, refer our names. We, I think me and Kevin might get a little discount yeah, if you refer our not. names. <laughs> but, hey, one other thing I did want to mention before we sign off is that we're, it's, we got it in the works here. But our next podcast, our plan is to have Dr. Sean Harrington back on if you guys are uh, loyal listeners of ours. Right about a year it ago. It was March 13th of twenty. 20 when he came on when he came on that was when the the i don't even think we called it COVID 19 it was still just coronavirus was the hysteria was starting and and he came on and and we talked a lot about so we're going to have him back on to do a kind of a one-year review we're going to talk about what we got right what we were way off on and more importantly where we go from here with with this virus and and uh, vaccinations and all that kind of stuff so that's so the kind of thing you're looking no for. No knock on all of our other guests, but we're getting another smart guy on. He That finally. episode yeah. was the most downloaded episode we've had. All right. So. Let's bring Sean on every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, that ends this episode. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with, with Dr. Harrington and talk about the coronavirus. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Philip Project Podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Kevin Phillip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.